Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. So, I personally would not use a Ouija board. I know that it, like, it, it makes sense logically that like if I use it, a demon or some spirit is not going to come through a portal that some plastic toy has made, but I really I don't want to risk it, you know? I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Josh, how do you feel? Would you use a Ouija board? Um, if my, my life depended on it, maybe. Well, why would your I life depend on it? When would your life ever depend on it? Exactly. So the answer is probably no. So if I if I Amazoned the Ouija board to your house, you would do what? Uh, probably set it on fire. I think that would even be worse than using it. Yeah, probably that would actually anger the spirits. whatever the spirits are around me. So the, the concept of it is like you put the board down, and then there's this like glass thing you put your fingers on, and supposedly the thing you put your fingers on guides you to letters that spell out words and sentences, right? <coughs> yeah, that's the idea so, behind yeah. it. Is that the ghost ah. will um will write shit out for you by taking control of? I used to know what the name of it was. Reiki. Is it Reiki? What? That sounds like something. Yeah. Um. But no. Like, I get so scared whenever I see a Ouija board. One time I was out drunk with my friends, my friend, and. <laughs> Long story short is we did two drinking challenges in one day. I ended up with two t-shirts. Um, Worth it. And we ended up in somebody's house. Uh, and they had a Ouija board out on the coffee table. Fuck. And I was just looking at it like <laughs> it was going to kill me. I was so scared. My friend tried to spell out Harambe using it, but nobody was in on the joke. And I was just, I just wanted to get out of there. <laughs> that was a bad, bad night. I doesn't sound like, I mean, you got two free t-shirts out of the deal. So, I mean, how much did free. you spend to get the, the t-shirts? T oh, you paid for them. Um, no, no, it's, you do the t-shirt. It's a $30. You get a fishbowl of liquor and Jeez. a t-shirt. <laughs> what What inside of you are you trying to kill, Cody? <laughs> Oh, probably my depression. I don't know. I used to do one of those a week. It was not. I was not good during at the beginning of last year. Around this time last year, <laughs> were you podcasting under the influence? I'm pretty sure you you've known when I was drunk. I'm pretty sure you've done that multiple times. I, I mean, I think I know. A couple. Ah, maybe I'd have to go back and re-listen to the tape, but uh, hmm. Uh, so, Cody, you're on the record. You do believe in ghosts, yes. Hold on now. Oh. I never I never said that. But you're afraid of a Ouija board. Will I watch Ghost Adventures and get spooked by it? Yes. Believing in ghosts, is it's a very complicated thing to me. Um, I'm more afraid of demons than I am of ghosts. Aren't they the same? Yeah. Uh. I guess they're no, they're the completely different. Jesus Christ. I mean, they're both from the spectral realm. And they're like... I guess. They fall underneath the guise of living but not alive, right? But one was like a fallen angel and then the other is just a dead guy. 
So one has the power to actually drag you to hell, and the other can just does it though. Spook you. That's what I'm saying. Does it? I don't know. I've seen The Exorcist, 1970. I don't know when that movie came out. Um, and that's just that's a documentary. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. I did not. I did not know that. That's interesting, though. Josh, ghosts, yay, nay. I mean, I've never had an experience with one, so I guess not. You haven't gone to a graveyard on a rainy fall night, October 2003? Uh, I try to avoid graveyards at, like, all costs. Yeah. So. I don't mind them. Yikes. Nothing, nothing I had to film. I filmed a scene at one once, and that was not. That was creepy. It was at night. We didn't ask you about... Your snuff films, Josh. Please don't bring them you. up. Don't don't perp your own projects on this. This is not the proper forum. But um, <laughs> my my actually my spinoff podcast, talking shit to dead people, is available now. I just go to graveyards and I roast old people. Have? Well, a few. Last week we lost the Abba spinoff, so that makes nine. That makes nine total spinoffs. And my sports podcast, where I just. Don't talk to anybody and just mumble to myself about why Andrew McCutcheon is undervalued. And uh, of course, that's a good one. The guy goes from a, like a 300 average, 29 home runs, 87 RBI, and then his OPS the next season drops by like 100 points. And he's in his physical prime, and everybody's like, "Ah, McCutcheon's done. Trade him for scraps. He's finished." Coach Cody, did you understand like a lot of any of that? Home runs. But the next season, his OPS went up by, like, 50 points, and he did way better, and they still traded him. I don't understand. It makes no sense. Maybe his defense fell. I would have to look at the metrics on that one. Well, advanced um, analytics. Yeah, David Ortiz did steroids. He did do steroids. That's okay. Because he's, he's a nice guy. And he, at, oh, yeah. Is that how that works? Yeah. Nobody really cares if you do steroids unless you're an asshole. And most of the guys that did steroids are kind of assholes. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, assholes. What about the guy from the Pirates? McCutcheon? He didn't do he didn't do steroids. There was a guy who got booted off of the, the thing, didn't he? Mm. I swear there was a guy who got suspended. Well people get well, I think it was Cervelli, but that was like fifty games just for a first defender. I'm talking about like the juice so era. Him, yeah, but he's okay. He's okay. He's a handsome guy, so he gets away with it. A Rod, bit of an asshole. Andy Pettit, not an asshole, so nobody cares. Everybody's like, yeah, he's a nice guy. Um, Put him in a family picture. Yeah, he's a family picture. UFOs, aliens, yay or nay? Cody. Want to believe. But do you? Do I? Yeah, absolutely. There's no way that aliens don't exist. Josh? Oh, yeah, well, well, we'll probably never know, but yeah. We'll never know? You really think so? Not in my lifetime, no. Hmm. I don't, I, one of the things Jokes I was excited talks about... Talks like a real person who's never going to go to Mars. I'll be in Mars. We'll see We'll see all of the alien architecture from Mars. <laughs> one of the things I was excited about about a Trump presidency is that, like, you know, the conspiracies about the upper levels of government hiding stuff would be, like, over. Because he would just be, like, day one tweeting about, oh, yeah, pretty crazy that, you know, there's an alien actually crashed and, like, died, and that's all we have so far. But. Went to Area 51 today. Saw Roswell at UFO. Crazy. <laughs> Mainstream media won't tell you about that. Crooked Hillary. Sad. Sad. Um, <laughs> Lion Area 51 was... 
No, it'd be little area 51 with two D's. Little Cody. area, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because our president is literate. I want to believe in aliens. I really do. But, like, I don't know how you can keep a secret for this long. If, like, they actually, if there is some form of communication with them or they have visited or something. So, I don't know. Have you ever heard of this thing called the WoW signal? World of Warcraft? No. Oh, no, I have not. Tell, tell us more about it, Cody. With Owen Wilson? Why does that have to do with what? Owen Wilson? Why? I wish. Oh my god. So, like, hold on, Josh. Night. Do your own Wilson. Wow. Wow. Oh wow. That's pretty good. Wow. All right, Co- continue, Cody. In the 1970s, um, <clears throat> at this thing called the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, mm-hmm. they got this signal that was basically exactly what they expected an alien would send to us. Nice. It was the only time we've ever gotten it, though. Sad. Did it maybe bounce off of a satellite or something? Nah, I don't think so. I I think that NASA's a little bit smarter than that. Lit. It's pretty lit. Hmm. I Would you guys go on a on an Elon Musk-funded mission to Mars, knowing that you'll oh, never come back? Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, fuck same. yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. Maybe when I'm like 60 and already on my way out, sure. I don't think they're going to want people like that. They wouldn't let you. Yeah, you'd be way too old. Well, so I'll, 30, I'll, I'll compromise at 45. I'm, I'm saying 35. That's yeah, when you're like in your that. peak production. 100, 100% I would. Yeah. 35 would be difficult, but I really need to know like what my what life looks like ahead of me. And if it's like if it's only fine, then I'd just, I'd bail. I'd be like, yeah, sure. Life's an adventure. Might as well take advantage of it. And you know, and if you die, it's gonna be no matter what. If you die, it's gonna be super quick. Like if you run out of food and you're stranded in the station, just pop a hole. Pop <laughs> just a hole walk in, outside. Just walk outside, and you're done skiing seconds. And then you can be this awesome floating dude in space. That's why. I, that's my legacy. I'd want that forever. Forever. Nothing's yeah. gonna stop you. See the ends of the universe. It'd be great. Maybe get picked up by an alien, brought back to life, and then you, you know, get brought back and you're a hero. Or you get brought back and by the theory of relativity, relativity, everybody's dead. Yikes. So. So that's something to think about, fellas. All right, and that's our 10th spinoff podcast, our <laughs> paranormal podcast. Par- what other paranormal? Is there anything <clears throat> else paranormal that I'm missing? Aliens, ghosts, um, beasts? Fuck, uh... Some cryptids. You forgot some cryptids. Uh, we uh, can talk about Bigfoot or the Bigfoot's, Mothman. Bigfoot's bullshit. I'm sorry. When robots take over one day, sure. Yeah, that's, that's a thing. That's literally going to happen. Like I said, yeah. you guys saw the video of that dog looking thing opening a door. Yeah, right? stop it. Our overlords are, they've arrived. And that was whole, they will... Like, stop doing, whoever's doing that, please stop. <laughs> Just, nothing good is going to come Boston of this. Boston Dynamics, like, they're killing us. <laughs> It's not good. It's not good at all. Ugh. I, they're just they're signing the de- our death certificate. They have to know that. Ah oh, man, not. Uh. It's not good, guys. It's not good. Uh, what about like the like the Kraken or Loch Ness monster, spaghetti monster? I believed in the Loch Ness monster for like a really long time. I think it was when. That movie came out. I don't remember what it was called. There was some Loch Ness monster movie that the came Water out. Like Horse. Is that is that it? I mean, I think so. Yeah. I, I I was like, I really liked it, and so I kept. There was this website that was like Loch Ness Monster Watch dot com, and it just played the same clip on a loop, nice all day, or it would just 
come through and it was CGI and I believed it. Question though. Believed? Huh? Believed? Like past tense? Bel- no, like believed. Hey Josh, can you just step in the nether- in the next room for a quick second? Sure. Cody Cody, is he woke? This guy's going around like he doesn't believe in the Loch Ness monster. What do we what the fuck? I'm still here still here, you jackasses. What? 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 We watched wait, some wait, wait, how are we the jackasses when you say you don't currently believe in the Loch Ness monster? But do you believe in the power of Christ? Yeah. It it varies by the day. <laughs> ask me tomorrow, I might have a good answer for you. And ask me the day after that. Might have a completely different answer. I don't know. Whoa. I don't know. Just... Who's the woke one now? Still us. Oh, okay. Still us. <laughs> Wouldn't even go to Mars. I like it here. It's nice. Yeah, but Mars is an adventure. You want to be? Yeah, but you know, there's you know, you could die. You know, you're gonna die here. Die here. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like I know when that's gonna happen. Here, I have no idea when that'll happen or how that'll happen. I could like fall out through the spaceship and like just explode in space. You're not gonna explode in space. You're gonna freeze. Or I'll freeze like Leia. Yeah. Well, I don't think the last part is gonna happen, but it's close. Sounds pretty cool. I mean, that's how I kind of want to go out. Be like that episode of the Magic School Bus. You just yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. A really cool looking <laughs> Chucky. But I don't know what you guys are talking about. The what's it? Uh, Arnold, the ginger nerd. Yeah. He dies uh, in that show. No, he like freezes, and then they, they have to like save him from you oh. know space freezing. They should have let him go. Yeah, probably. Not he's, a big fan of Arnold. He's not. Nobody likes him. Miss Frizzle. Miss Frizzle. Though. All right, she's the real. Real so, guy. real talk, guys. Real yeah. talk. Real talk. Did you smash Miss Frizzle? <laughs> <laughs> My God. We'll see. We'll see. What, we'll see how she is when the reboot comes out. Now. The answer is yes. She's a redhead. <laughs> this is not making the cut. Just Why so not? you. Know. <laughs> Please. That's funny. <laughs> All right. Fine. Fine. <laughs> you better keep that discussion of us whether or not it goes into the podcasting too. All right, I'm I'm all for transparency. Everything goes. This is this is real flex uncut. Real flex. Uh, Cody and I in the last episode. I don't know if you listened to it, but <laughs> I have not heard it yet. We made plans for the real flex hangout. It's going to be in April, so I think this is a nice primer. I said something that got cut last episode or in the bonus episode, <laughs> yes. right? Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you don't remember it makes me glad I cut it. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so, speaking of having Final Cut, uh, tonight we're talking about Annihilation, fellas. All right. Any games we're going to play first, or are we going right into it? We can We can play a game. We can do it. We can keep up side side chat. We can do whatever we want. This is our show. We make the calls. Or we can jump in. It's up, it's up to you guys. Unless you unless you say something that you don't like and then it gets cut. <laughs> okay. So, uh, or, if say, or if I say the name of a movie you don't like and you beep it out. Well, that's just funny. Yeah. No, it's not. Real, that's pretty funny. If it wasn't funny, Cody and I wouldn't laugh. And we... We, do we, doing la- it every time. we laugh, Cody. Every single time. Except the funniest part is... <laughs> Last we did top five worst comic book movies. Cody had it as, as his number one worst, and I didn't bleep it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, but it's funny because we can say it. Like I, I can. Like, oh, no, never mind. Sorry, what? what was that? I said, no, I forget it. 
I can say Ang Lee's Hulk whenever I want, but Josh, if he tries to say it, not happening. Try to say it, Josh. Try. I want to see if he's right. <laughs> Hello? Hello? He's not going to play along. He's, he's not, not going to play along. I don't, I'm not playing your games. What was that? Wasn't that a Darth Vader quote from Rogue One or something? Probably. Oh, aspirations. No. That's what it was. Try not to choke on your aspirations. It's a great line. I don't care what people say. You obviously do. You absolutely do if you have to feel like you, def- you need to defend it. No one even said anything about it. Yeah, we didn't say it was bad. We said we just said it existed. You did. You've said it's bad multiple times. Yeah, but not today. Maybe I changed my mind. You don't know. Did nah. you yet? No, I didn't. But. Uh, yeah, you guys want to jump into Annihilation? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, let's do it. Your husband's here. Let me see him. He was extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the Shimmer. We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back. But something has. You're a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened, I could save his life. The boundary's getting bigger. It's expanding. We're talking cities, states. You need to know what's inside. So do I. It's beautiful. Let's get some initial thoughts from Josh. I loved it. Woke. And I'm pro- I'm still processing a lot of it. There's a lot to unpack, but there's it's this is a problem. I mean, I still prefer. I mean, I'm not trying to like. It's not like it's a contest, but it's I, I prefer Ex Machina just because I personally connected with that movie a little bit more. But well, Ex Machina is also a better movie. So here we are. Well, uh, but this I this is a great movie. Um, I totally get why some people aren't liking it. Or at least not loving it. See, I don't. I don't understand. I do. I do. Um, so put, but we'll put yourself into... in that mindset. Because I've seen a fair share of two and a halfs to twos or the, whatever. The common criticism I'm seeing is that it's it's a beautiful looking movie that has a lot of thought-provoking stuff. But the story is generic and the characters aren't likable and aren't engaging in any way. Which I completely get because I feel that way about certain movies that we've talked about before. But... In this case, I like. I actually love the characters, love the performances, and I really love the story. Um, so I can't relate, but I understand why some people would feel that way. Um, mm. But yeah, I love the movie. I think it's, it's it's the kind of science fiction that I love seeing. That is probably gonna bomb, but <clears throat> whatever. Um, I wish I could have seen it on Netflix from the peace and quiet of my home because there were terrible people in my theater. But that aside, I loved pretty much everything in this movie. So people don't like the characters. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't feel like the movie was really trying to have like like that was one of um uh, some of the hot behind the scenes of this was uh the there was some trouble brewing uh with Garland and a couple of the producers and I actually yeah, had yeah, a yeah. ticket to go see uh around this time last year actually go see a in progress version of this. I couldn't make it to the showing, unfortunately, but, um, and it was that those test screenings, they were what they were using to determine 
how they thought it would be I... received. And like w- one of the complaints was among of the producer who kind of brought in the question. I don't remember his name. I'm not jump skidding around it for uh, just because I'm nervous or anything. I just don't remember the guy's name. He was worried. You sound that they... pretty nervous. You probably you sound really <laughs> scared. What's this red dot on my hand? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Which um, guy? The producer? One of the producers. Like there were two producers in Garland, yeah, and one of them. Rudin. Who... Yeah. So one of the other ones, whoever wasn't Rudin, was just like, yeah, this character really isn't that sympathetic, and the ending is too ambiguous, which I don't get. But um, and they thought about uh reworking it completely, and uh. The producer uh, who had Final Cut decided not to, and he let the movie be released as is. So, um, hmm. I, guess, I mean, if they had the same <laughs> concerns about the characters that uh, the, the audiences have, I guess I think they made the right call. But, hmm. Uh, how, what's the audience scores? What are those like? Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's 76. Letterboxd, it's like a 3.9. Yikes! I I haven't looked. I don't think it has a cinema score yet. Well, but. Letterbox is that's three point nine out of five, so that's really yeah. good. Yeah. Like uh, uh, I think Blade Runner is a four or something like that. Um, hmm. I mean, Letterbox uh, is a different kind of fan base. Yeah, yeah. Audience score, yeah, it's at seventy two percent now, but eighty eight percent with an average rating of seven point seven among among all critics. Eighty three percent also rating of seven point seven among top critics. So. Looks like the uh, it looks. You know, it does look like a case, and I think I've seen people with some in the negative reviews with this chatter of, it's it's a movie that's too smart for uh, oof. general audiences. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna go that far, but I think it is. It's maybe it's maybe it's not too that, smart because I didn't under. I'm not saying I oh I got that's, this that's completely. That's fan talking right there. No, it's not. I didn't understand it 100. percent So I don't think, and I watch. You know, I watch seventy movie new movies a year, and I you know love science fiction. I did not, un- I can't say for certainty that everything in this movie I completely oh, yeah. grasped. There's a there's so, a certain sequence that I'm still trying to figure out what it means, but the we'll ending. get that. the McDonald's sequence. I agree. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> just halfway through, it's just her ordering food and taking a Big Mac. Messed yeah. up. Uh, oh, what a cool scene! I actually really would like to see a McDonald's in this world. Is it too? <laughs> not, do you think not, it is? not joking. <laughs> is it too like arrogant to say that this movie is too smart for general audiences? I don't think so. I, I don't think it, I, it might I, be true, but just saying it kind of makes you sound like a dick. Yeah, well, I'm not saying I'm smarter, think, but it, I don't think it's that, I don't think it's that it's too smart for them. I think it's just it's not what general audiences go to the movies for. Because it this is a slow movie. It's very there's a lot of artistic qual- qualities to it. There's a lot of thought provoking stuff in it. And it's not, you know, like it's it's predator esque, but it's not like a predator movie where they're going into the place, kill the thing, you know, blow shit up. It's Thanks. imagine if this movie was Predator, <laughs> then it would have had a higher uh, audience score. Probably it would have been perfect. We're getting one of those in a few months, so buckle up. Um, but yeah, it's not something like that, and that's generally what they respond to more. Not saying it's like they're dumb, but they. Like someone like I don't know my my cousin would probably be a little bored by this movie because it's not like that kind of movie. That's the kind of sci-fi that the majority of moviegoers like, like Star Trek or Star Wars. Yeah, but, but Arrival. That 
I don't know. I don't know how to explain. D- Denis Villeneuve somehow manages to get people to love his movies that are not, you know, blow stuff up sci-fi. I so. think Arrival is much more narratively complex than Annihilation. And, I mean, they're similar movies. And that's an 82% audience score. So, yeah. I don't, I don't think with, there's really... Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade, Blade Runner's not. Like, I'm talking about, like, the thing that I think confuses and unsettles modern audiences and just the general public so i guess is um how a story is put together like arrival it's arrival and annihilation are both cut together really uniquely and they're not very linear at all they kind of jump around a little bit to show different pieces of different stories what that uh that add to the narrative and I that's think... not something i think aud- general audiences are kind of trained to watch for uh, so I think I think another advantage Arrival has, which might put it in favor with more people, is that it's a little more has a little more of a an emotional core that's like front and center. Whereas this one, it's not yeah. it's not as upfront about yeah. it. And it does Arrival does start in a very up kind of way <laughs> with the, <Yeah. laughs> the montage of sadness. Uh, so yeah, okay, yeah, okay, I can see that. Um, yeah. And like I said, it's like people feel like they don't really have a, a lot to latch onto with this movie, which is a criticism I've heard. I don't agree with, but that's what they're coming uh, criticizing the characters and like being able to really like attach to somebody in it. Um, but and See, I, I'm that, not, I'm I not, I don't really care as much about attaching to somebody as I do experiencing a story or. And yeah, I, I mean, oh. I'm always I want to be emotionally invested in the characters and story. And I, I personally was invested in Natalie Portman's character. Um, and that got me. That's why part of my I love the movie. But um, I can understand why some people thought it was a little like distant from all of them and kind of just watching them do the things they do in the film. So I, I don't know. I think the mystery does a lot of the work that a normal like sympathetic character that you that your heart aches with i think it, the mystery of the shimmer or the shine or yeah the shimmer yeah, and yeah. what's going on that's for me over that might that. Be, i think that might be another thing yeah it's like there's a lot of mystery um and it's a lot of i mean i didn't mind this but there are kind of like setups that don't necessarily I don't know if I'd say don't pay off, but there's things that are there's quite a lot of questions raised that you don't really get a lot of answers to. Like what? Uh, and just like in terms of the world and like why is why are these things here? Why is this happening? They're here. Well, you, the the shine is there because it landed there in a comet. Well, yeah, we know that. We know that, but like, what what is it? Like, it's, what is this world? We don't know. That, it's what a, are these creatures? What is this weird bear thing that we have to talk about at some point? <laughs> yeah. Stop I, it. I mean, to answer that question, Cody, we'll get initial thoughts to you. But this, we're clicking here, and I like it. Um, the the way I took it is that this thing, I don't know where it came from, but just throughout the universe, there's crazy shit flying all over the place. You know, a comet hit the planet and destroyed all life, all the dinosaurs. So things land on Earth sometimes. Um, I took it to be... Like, um, I can't remember who, at some point in the movie, there's a, there was talk about, like, a cancer cell. Like, uh, somebody, yeah, like, like the very first scene in the movie when Natalie Portman's teaching, she's showing her students what cells from a cancerous tumor look like. And I almost felt like that was, that was put there intentionally to signify what 
this the shine represents. It's like some so, some form of cancerous um, mutation on, that just hit Earth. Yeah, because cancer is nothing more than just cells that mutated the wrong way, and the uh, so I, I think at least maybe I sound like an idiot. Probably do. Um, where the guy even at the, but at the end of the movie the the guy says um he it's like he, it they were it was destroying the world and she's like no it was it was changing and it wasn't destroying it and it's making something new exactly it's making something new so hmm i don't know, i i feel like i got an enough explanation for me like that's what i'm talking about with the maybe this is too hashtag too deep for you for like general audiences cuz these are questions that you do have to do some legwork to find, and the the answers are all there. At least I think they are. Um, and there's no real easy gives, I guess. And people don't like that, and I I understand closure is important, and people like it. Makes sense. But uh, when you have to really go digging, is kind of the one of the things about sci-fi that I like, at least. Um, so Cody, general thoughts. I liked it. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Wasn't as good as Ex Machina. Um, there was some really, really um, intense and good scenes that I think are going to stay with a lot of people for a long time. It was yeah. very violent. Oh yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of really cool visuals and stuff that I latched onto. It was just, it was a good viewing experience. I agree. That's that. That's it. Okay. Uh, for me, I think it. I haven't really given much thought as to whether it's a better movie than Ex Machina. Um, I guess. I also don't really know if I like it more. I mean, I think these are. These are both they're, really they're, they're great very different movies. movies. Yeah, I mean that's yeah they're different, but they're similar. They're different movies. Yeah, no, but the fact that they're different movies doesn't mean I can't like one more, or think one's better than the well, other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like I like Ex Machina more. If that yeah does anything for you, that's definitely a cleaner, a cleaner, more straightforward movie. This like yeah. this is very esoteric and very strange and like a puzzle. Well, and you can't forget that it has one very important factor that Annihilation doesn't have. And what would that be? Is that Donald Gleason is in it? Oh, I thought you were going to bring up Oscar Isaac dancing. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, that cool. too, and you get to see Alicia Vikander. That's true. She's a great performer. That's that should have won her. The what I'm talking about? Did you guys see the Danish girl? No, no. Oh, I hated that movie. She won. Off for of it. your recommendation, I didn't see it. Oh well, I I did do some good in the world. So put that, say that at my funeral, please. Will do. He for told me not. To I didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please come. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so yeah, I think I think this is a brilliant movie. It's one of my favorite sci-fi movies of the last like five or so years. I think there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on, and visually, I think this is just stunning. I mean, for a movie that is mostly people walking around in like a swamp, you wouldn't really think that it would have as much to look at as it does, but it does. <laughs> and uh, to the mutations and some of the images that uh that garland puts together and the body horror of it i mean yikes oh boy wow. yeah uh, that i this never really it never really took a turn for me to where i wasn't 
invested in where I thought, okay, yeah. this story has kind of gotten out of its, it's, it's exceeded its own grasp. And I don't think that ever happened. Even with, even with the ending, I still think that everything that happens in this movie does is, um, it belongs and nothing was put in just to be cool. Like if you want to tell me that interstellar, it was great until Nolan put in things he thought would be cool instead of things that were within the movie. I couldn't really see you that ground. I thought I just happened to think they were cool too. Uh, but with this one, I definitely think it lives in its own world. And it, it was a world that I just adored watching and seeing Garland bring to life. And I just, uh, I'm, I love it. It's it's one of my favorites sci-fi movies. Maybe not even the last five years, like ever. Like this is in my sci-fi canon. Uh, so, well, how does this stack up to you uh, with Blade Runner? Oh, shit. I prefer Blade Runner. That's twenty forty nine, by the way, yeah, not the yeah, original. Yeah. I mean, I can pick something out of Blade Runner that I didn't like. And that's the the sex the sex scene and that subplot. I wasn't really a fan of that. I would probably say I like Annihilation. You hate high art. Yeah, I I think I like Annihilation more. Yeah, yeah, I do. Wow, big words. It's tough. So yeah, it would have been on my top ten if it hadn't have been delayed till this year. So maybe it'll be on it this year, twenty eighteen version. So hmm. Uh, let's get to some general likes here. Uh, I, I'd like to start with the music. Uh, not just the Crosby, Stills, and Nash song. By the way, that's uh, Helplessly Hoping by Crosby, Stills, and Nash, for those like me who didn't recognize it. Uh, this I think the score of this movie is really fascinating. Like When I, when I go see this again, one of the things I'm going to pay attention to is when, the sc- when Garland uses a score... Kind of like a score I that you expect for a movie like this. Like towards the end, when it reaches the climax, it just yeah. there's just this the, the Zimmer wah. Yeah, the, it's like it's a Zimmer wah, cool. but it's it's like kind of like it's a useful. siren. It sounds like primal and earthy. Like if 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 tomorrow I if tomorrow I wake up and the world starts making that sound, I would be like, okay, that's that makes sense. That sounds like a that sounds like a sign that the inner core of the planet would make. Uh, that juxtaposed with like tender acoustic guitar was fascinating to me, and I know yeah. that must have been used for uh, those like just the acoustic guitar and like the normal score must have been used at the when they were for a particular reason. And like I said, that's when I see that again because I'm going to see it again uh, probably next few days. That's one of the things I'm going to pay attention to. And um, yeah, the acoustic guitar was great, very gentle, very. Um, uh, against type of what you'd expect from a sci-fi movie, you know, a sci-fi horror movie, no less. And and then the the more industrial part of the score was just insanely cool. <laughs> it sounded exactly what I ho- I wanted a movie called Annihilation to sound like. So, uh, thoughts on the score, you guys? I loved it. Mm. I just I like I like you said. I don't have much to add, but it's that juxtaposition between. Um, the acoustic when it's kind of the more character moments versus the sci-fi sounding like Blade Runner, Hans Zimmer kind of music mm. that's like amped up to 11 and way more intense during, especially towards that third act. Um, and I just, I thought that was a really, really great, interesting choice that he made. Yeah. 
Uh, Cody, any thoughts? I, on the I agree. I liked it. Um, the acoustic guitar gave it a real Last of Us vibe. Um, yeah. That coupled with some of the imagery that you get, like when they go into a town or something, which was real cool. But I don't know. My only issue with the acoustic guitar part is that it was just the same riff. They mm-hmm. never changed it. See, I like that. It just it bothered me. It seemed lazy to me. How hard is it just to strum a different chord while you're doing I mean, that? Last of Us kind of did that. But The Last of Us changed it every time. Did it? Yeah. I remember it's just the same, like, the theme. It's the same sound. It's not no. the same. I haven't played in a while. I don't remember. It's, but, no, it's it's good. I liked it. The, it helped with the tone of the movie. And then that scene at the end was just really, really cool uh, with the music. I really liked the music. I didn't even know it was part of this. I didn't know it was music until probably a quarter of the way through that sequence. I thought it was just part of the situation. <coughs> I liked it, though, despite my complaining. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the cast for a minute. Uh, Josh, run through the performers, because uh, I have something fun to add that I'm, okay. I just realized on the fly, so I'm going to try to re- do some quick research. So. Okay. Um, so I mean, ask Cody now, what he thinks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so to me, the two to me the two standouts were Natalie Portman and Gina Rodriguez. Uh, Natalie Portman, I loved her character; thought she was great, um, and I thought Natalie Portman just she brought a lot of uh, emotion and like intensity to her. Um, and then Gina Rodriguez just gets better with every scene she's in. She's she's awesome. Um, the the rest: Tess Thompson, Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, and who was the other girl? Um, to I don't know to Tuva Navani. I don't. She's new. Um, she she. They're all. I thought the whole crew was just great. Um, but those two, Gina Rodriguez and um, Natalie Portman, stand out especially. And then you know, Oscar Isaac isn't in it much, but he's he's great. Uh, what do you think, Cody? Um, I liked everybody too, except Gina Rodriguez is probably my least favorite part of the movie. Really. Uh, yeah, her the performance writing, was. Yeah, the writing for her was a little kind of weird. Like when you, when she's first like, introduced, she's like set up as like the comedic relief and like the <laughs> the kind she of doesn't make any jokes. Hispanic girl, and I know that sounds bad, but it was kind of bad in the movie a little bit. Not the most progressive choice for her, I don't think. <laughs> uh, but when she when she takes a turn, it works. And there's that. I don't know if you guys remember, but when they're all strapped to chairs and she tells somebody to sh- like shut the yeah. fuck up, and just yeah. the way that the camera holds on her face and from some certain angle, the way the lighting hits it, she looked terrifying. And yeah. she's like one of the most bubbly like actresses I've seen on social media. And I was like, whoa, yeah. okay. It was good, but as far as that turn goes, um, I don't know if it, it makes that much sense. I thought it made. I thought it would because perfect. I mean, it's... but so. They should have established that, oh, maybe she has a secret crush on this one girl or something. The one who gets killed by the mimic bear, who is the coolest new enemy in the entire world. I thought they established that pretty well from the get-go. Don't think so. I, um, I didn't either. Because she kind of just snapped after that, which it makes sense, but it would make more sense if if it was because of a yeah. deeper reason that, oh, no, my friend died. And that scene when she's introduced early on, she does – they all acknowledge that this is a suicide mission, basically. Uh, so her dying shouldn't really come as a surprise, should it? 
No, I mean, I, I, it's, but it's not like I didn't think it was much because you kind of know who's going to die from the, you pretty much assume it's, they're all going to die from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, and that's, that, I mean, that's like, it's not about finding out who dies throughout the movie because, I mean, you just assume they're all going to die. It's about when, how, uh, how does it impact Lena? How does it impact the mission? You know, all that good stuff. Yeah, that's fine, but that's not what we're talking about. Uh, I'm talking about her, her snapping. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought that built well. Just, there wasn't much of a uh, a lead up to it. It kind of just happened out of nowhere. You see, you see, from the second she dies, something is just like she's hurt, traumatized by it. She's hurt. Yeah, but why? Why wasn't she better prepared for it? Mm. That is a legitimate question. Why was why it so compromising to her? To me, the character was set up well in the beginning that she's the most, I guess, emotionally comparable of the group. I got that out of Tessa Thompson's character more. See, I didn't... Because she, she wasn't there as long. Mm. That character, Gina Rodriguez, should have been used to these people not coming back. But... That's just one one thing. It's not game breaking. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna never watch the movie again because of this one character. So the thing that I was looking up there is I did some I was doing some reading about this book and the author and everything. And it's the first part of a trilogy, uh the Southern yep. Reach trilogy is I believe what it's called. And in the first book None of the characters have names. They go by biologists. They go by their their job titles, basically. So yeah. Garland, when he wrote the screenplay, he made a choice to give everybody names. And names are often a reflection of the <clears throat> characters' traits in literature. Because, you know, if I'm, if I'm an asshole, but my name is Mason, if an author was writing a book with me, he would call me, like, Mason Deviant or something like that, you know? Uh, for it's not like always true. There's a character. There's a, there's a character in um, an Edgar Allan Poe story named Fortunato, which would make you seem like it's he's he's fortunate. He's a lucky guy. Yeah, and he ends up getting buried alive. Oh, is that the the one Telltale Heart? No, that's a different story. Oh, rip! There's my one Poe story, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. I only pull. Well, the, that and the Raven, obviously. Um, so let's start with Ventress. Dr. Ventress, played by Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, the distinguished surname Ventress is derived from the Middle English word adventurous, meaning the Ven... Venturous? See, I just, I just thought they meant Ventress, like from Star Wars. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, which Ventress means audacious, daring, venturesome, adventuresome, adventurous, exactly what you think it is. Which is interesting because she didn't she, seem particularly adventurous to me. Well, she, by going into the into the shimmer, she was adventurous, but she also had cancer, so it's like kind of her last her last her ride, chance, so to yeah. speak. So that was a good fun. reveal. Yeah. I liked that. Um, Anya, not really a name definition. It's Russian, so that's pretty sweet. Uh, so there's your Russia reference for the day. Um, it's a Russian divin- diminutive of Anna, derived from Hannah, which means gracious or bringing goodness. 
So that's Anya, okay. and that is Gina Rodriguez's character. So maybe these names are kind of supposed to be uh, the opposite of what this character is. Because Ventress, she Ventress, but she's only going because she's going to die. And Anya, her name, the root of it is bringing goodness, and she brings not goodness, maybe. Hmm. Uh, mm. Her last name, Thornson's derivation from ancient pre-century word for meaning a gate, if Scandinavian, okay, blah, 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 blah. So that's just her last name. Uh, Raddick. Who was Raddick? Raddick was Josie Raddick, was Tessa Thompson's character. Yeah, okay. Uh, Let's see. It's a masculine Christian name of Slavic origin. Ooh. Uh, She's probably the least masculine. Hmm. Oh, uh, it's a diminutive of Slavic names beginning with rad, meaning happy or willing. Meaning fucking cool. And she's depressed as hell, so. Yep. And Lena, uh, in Latin means brothel keeper or procurus, which is, oh, brothel keeper. You know what a brothel is? Yikes. In Arabic it's a whorehouse. Language, yeah, in Arabic languages it means generous and kind. In Greek it means sunlight. Hmm. So, I don't know, I think Latin, Latin's like the root for language, basically. So I think he might be getting to that. So that's interesting. That's interesting that her, and then Oscar Isaac's character, Cain, is self-explanatory. It's, Cain means warrior, and then Cain and Abel, even though it's spelled differently. Um, My dream is just that it was an homage to Alien. Yeah, maybe. Uh, in Welsh, it means beautiful. In Japanese, it means golden. In Hawaiian, it means man of the eastern sky. So there's nice. some fun name stuff for you so i think yeah that's that's interesting i would love to, if i could ask garland a question it'd be how he named his characters because now i just <sighs> should have gone to the you should have done the reddit ama i didn't know about it until it was already over sad yikes um so uh my thoughts on the performances i thought natalie portman was fantastic uh she just she had to carry the movie and she totally did great actress jennifer jason lee was kept me kind of off kilter and I didn't really know what to expect from her just the performer that she is and the way that she was directed by uh by Garland just I never knew what to expect from her and that ultimately uh was a good thing because she ultimately didn't really surprise me because she had one goal and she stuck to it and she accomplished it uh so it was kind of it was almost a twist that there wasn't one um Rodriguez was really good Tessa Thompson I really liked her uh, Tuva, Tuva Novotny, I thought she was, uh, she was the one I knew the least about, and I came away being really impressed with her as, uh, as Shepard. And by the way, I didn't cover her name, Shepard, because it's kind of obvious. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Um, yeah. Uh, also, David Gaiasi's character, uh, David Gaiasi from Christopher Nolan's Interstellar, his name is Daniel, so... That's biblical, and I can't remember what Daniel's bit was, but I'm sure it had something to do with being a. Uh, well, if everybody's the opposite of their name, then was maybe he the that means... lion guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Lyons, then that's right. Hmm, interesting. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, but now I think everybody was strong. No weak spots. Portman, especially, she had a really hard job to do. Once she got to the end of the movie, she had to sell some things, and I bought everything that she sold so uh, great performances all around uh so the story we've kind of touched on this a little bit but 
the story of this movie was easily my favorite part of it. I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know where it was going. And the place that it ended was just fascinating, for lack of a better word. I would... I want to I want to go see the movie again just so I can know the ending and then see how the events that the come before everything. It, yeah, help me perceive what happened because it's just movies like this or Interstellar, Ex Machina, even they're just it's too much to take in, uh, take in one time and just leave it at that. So, uh, how do you guys think the story went? Uh, start with you, Cody. Great, I bought everything. I thought it was very very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it was a very good story. I liked it a lot. And I also want to see it again. Nice. Josh, thoughts on the story? No, to me, the more interesting part is kind of the storytelling or like the way Alex Garland puts all the pieces together. Because, to, I mean, the story at its core is pretty straightforward. I mean, it's something has landed. You girls need to, we're going to go in and and uh, investigate go to the lighthouse you know do the thing but then it's the way he kind of pulls back all these different layers whether it be the stuff with um going back and forth between uh the uh interrogation scene that happens at the end starting that at the beginning going throughout or everything with her and oscar isaac uh her affair her relationship with him her like the way that develops um, and I just I think it was a really interesting choice doing things through flashback um, and that added a lot to it for me, kind of the way he invested me into the kind of emotional not emotional, but like character driven aspect of the story. Um, and yeah, I loved I loved that about it. Um, and I, I mean, I love the story just in general. It's a it's, it's like a not a monster hunter thing, but like a. Um, I'm trying to think of something good to compare it to, but it's like a, um, it's just very simple, but made complex through really interesting choices. Never, never felt cluttered, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and I honestly, looking at it, like when you put something. All, take all this material and put it in the hands of a lesser filmmaker, it would feel. I think it would be confusing and it would be messy and it would be scatterbrained and all over the place. But with someone who knows how to properly, you know, put each scene where it needs to be um, in each section of it, you know, s- scattered throughout. If you're going to tell a story like this, I think you get something amazing like this. Yeah, Garland. Garland's a master. And it's this just goes to show that every now and again... <laughs> you can get surprised by and a director can just come literally out of nowhere and make two knockout great movies uh that are i think just are equal in terms of quality and you know this guy's been a writer for so long and i'm yeah, sure okay, he yeah was... this guy knows how to make stories work he's a novelist exactly he knows pacing he knows what to keep and what to uh get rid of when he's uh adapting a story one of the things that, uh, in my research, you know, my Wikipedia Google <clears throat> research about this, um, is that he, yeah, he adopted, he adapted this book, uh, but he only read the book once, and he never went back to it when he was writing the screenplay, and he kind of wrote the screenplay, 
as if he was trying to write a dream that he had, the dream being his reading of the book for the first time. I thought that was really interesting. He never even went back to fact check or, like, plot it out because, you know, you can't do that on Harry Potter. I've seen the the behind-the-scenes on Harry Potter, and they go through, like, nine books (laughs) just to between the things that they underline, like lines that they want to try out or all that kind of stuff. Like, it's just, that that's just, a, to me, that's a fascinating way to approach a book. I mean, you couldn't do it with something like Harry Potter because it's so dense, but with something like I mean, you, uh, can do it with, you can do it with one if you're trying to make it a standalone movie, but if you're trying to make it into an eight-movie series that's going to follow the book, that's yeah, kind of a challenge. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, like, imagine... <laughs> I don't know why my mind went to Minecraft first. I just that's what Yikes. this podcast puts me into. <laughs> uh, but like, but like, imagine writing Narnia just from just using your first read. You know, like that would be yeah. really fascinating. I think. Um, but so speaking of Garland, I mean, his direction. Uh, I guess we can we can get into some of the visual aspects of the movie now because the I can't tell what I loved more the lighthouse and everything that was in it the tree people or the oh, guy in the swimming pool <laughs> i liked i i'm with you on that one i liked all of those i think those were all incredibly just visceral and showed the true horror at the same time showing the beauty god that sounded so fucking pretentious oh hell yeah <laughs> um now compare it to the American Dream. Now say how this movie is an see, allegory this is, this for the American Dream. This is a really, dream. really. This is, this is an allegory for the American Dream. Ah, right. he did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's mo- that's but, literally the most pretentious thing I ever. Uh, whenever somebody talks about a movie, it's like, oh my god, it's just like the American Dream. It's like, shut up, <laughs> please shut up, shut, shut up, please shut your mouth. Uh, I mean, people. I need more comparisons to like. It's like it's like Homer's The Odyssey. You know, it's like ah, that's that's where my that's where my heart is. Um, but yeah, I know I I agree with you, Cody. I agree with you. Um, you know, nature is just as terrifying as it is beautiful, and that's I think he touched into that idea, uh, really nicely, because uh, it just doesn't care. Nature's gonna do what nature's gonna do. Like like she said later in the movie, it's not trying to destroy. It's just changing. It's making something new. It doesn't really. It's not malicious. Uh, uh, like, yeah, and also at the end of the movie, they say, well, what what? They're like, what did it want? And she's like, I don't know if it wanted anything. I don't know if it knew what to want. It just, just kind of showed up on accident. It yeah. didn't choose to come here. Yeah, and I'm so glad they didn't make it into a, like, a villain or some yeah, nefarious We're going to take force. over the world. Yeah, and, like, it's just this is how nature is. I mean, nature took over the world, and we... Uh, took it back basically and that's kind of what this thing in the movie did i don't know what to call it. i'm just going to call it the thing the annihilation did and annihilation sounds like a scary word uh especially the way jennifer jason lee says it at the end of the movie but it's just kind of it, like i said it's just nature nature i guess by its nature annihilates ha nice. um but yeah let's talk a little bit about the guy in the pool Uh, what about him? Wow. I mean, the scene when they find the memory card and they watch the footage. Yeah. Oh, my God. Whew. <laughs> Very big alien vibes, Cody. Big alien vibes. They got huge. The guy's stomach open. He's got stuff in it. 
We don't, and we don't know why that why he's got stuff in his inside. He just does, which is really cool. It was moving. It was gross. When, and then when we find him, and he's, I, I when he was moving, it's gross. And then I, and Jeannie Rodriguez's character, like that's just a trick of the light. It's a trick of the light. It's like no, it's not. No, like it's, grow up. Come on, gotta admit, you can't, you can't be this, <laughs> this obtuse. <laughs> you can be acute, but you can't be obtuse. Bada bing. Um, yeah, but when they find him in the, uh, in the pool, I mean, there's so there's so many points in this movie where. Garland does one of my favorite things when it comes to this kind of a story where there's a mystery is a very simple director trick of just don't show them show the character reacting to it for a little bit and then and then show the thing that they're looking at like she did that when she got in the lighthouse yeah they did it when they got into the pool they're like what the hell are they looking at like I, I what are they even in and then they show this guy who just had been torn apart by this fungus almost like wow what what you what went through you guys' minds when you saw that, Josh? I was yeah. I didn't really. It's just a lot of. I don't really know what to make of it. I was just like kind of grossed out. I mean, I can handle that stuff, but it's just still. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's pretty awesome though. Yeah. This is pretty awesome, Cody. What'd you think? It reminded me a lot of The Last of Us again. Oh really? Yeah. Maybe um, you should some play of that the game. Yeah, you should. And you don't should. skip cutscenes. Well, he'd Skipping skip the entire scenes. game if he cut the skip the skip the cutscenes. Really? Uh, yeah. Play it. MLB the show, MLB eighteen the show is coming out, so I'm just not gonna have any time to play. Yeah, play Someone turned it garbage. into a TV series on YouTube, so watch it. No. Yeah, you should do that. No. You can't assign that as movie homework because it's not a movie. I can and <laughs> I will. No, it's not a movie. He'd have to buy it. Yeah. Oh, need Someone to made it into a movie it. too. Nope. Yep. Not happening. Uh, but yeah, that guy got he got wrecked. He got destroyed. Poor dude. Um. Another the the point in the movie where it got it leaned furthest into science over fiction was the scene when they got to that little town and they found the tree people, which was awesome. Did you guys understand that? Because I hadn't. I still, even after they explained I it, I don't confused. know what the hell it's supposed to mean. I think I got it a little bit. Right. Like the the, the shimmer was reflecting reflecting DNA, and which was turning into plants. So the hmm. part of I guess it was the plants DNA was reflected. To have the human part of the DNA that gives us our schematics, our arms and legs and heads and where everything's supposed to go. Yeah. But, boy, was this... Uh, yeah, a little bit too rich for my blood in terms of understanding I think, I think yeah, a bit too uh, smart for me. Mm. A too deep for you moment. Um, too little... So I guess we can move sort of... I guess progressing into the plot when they get to the town and they go into the house. I think this is the case. I don't know. Maybe you guys noticed it too, but when they got into the house for the first time and then when they left more shrubbery had grown. And one of the things that they talk about is how like one of the first lines <coughs> of the movie is like, Oh, well you were in there for two weeks, but 
you were in there for like three or four months, but you had only two weeks worth of rations. And I think there's a lot of subtle ways that Garland played with time because they were only in the house for maybe a few hours. And it might have seemed like a few hours. It was probably super long. Yeah, it was probably days, just based on what I think the sh- the the grass and leaves and branches and stuff overtaking the house. Uh, just from what I remember, how it changed. It feels like there was a lot more of it when they came out than when they came in. And yeah, that, another thing I'm excited to, to look for is how he plays with time. That's going to be awesome. Uh, but they also another interesting thing. Did you guys notice that when they got in the house, they used a very similar shot looking up the stairs and down the hall that they did when they in were the in Natalie yeah. Portman's house. Yeah. What was that all about? What do you guys think? I mean, it's just the house is set up the same way. What's the deeper meaning, Cody? The American dream. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, did you notice that? Not really, no. I didn't even notice it. I, the friend I saw it with was like, oh, is that their house? Is that their house? Is that their house? I was like, no. And I was like, maybe it is. No. I don't know. Uh, I, th- I, I thought it – I wasn't – is it? I mean, I wasn't sure. Cause I don't think st- so. The but stairs no. thought made me think that. But then everything else, I was like, I don't know. I mean, you don't use that shot without having – without there being a purpose to it. Like, it's the same shot of the stairs in the hallway. Like, is that it? I don't know. I don't understand it, but I want to. <laughs> and uh, this actually might be one of those rare director commentaries I actually watch when I when I get the Blu-ray or 4K or whatever. You watch more. They're good. I do, but like I just kind of want to watch the movie. I don't want to hear all that stuff. If I wanted to, I'd love, rather if somebody turned d- director commentaries into a podcast, I would listen to it. But I don't want to watch it while I'm watching the movie. I don't know. My movie magic. Exactly. Uh, I can't wait to hear Austin's trailer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he said a lot on the press tour, so I don't know how much he's going to add to it. I'm sure he has a lot more to say. Yeah. I would just, I'd I want just it hope to be... it's him crying for two and a half hours. Nobody or... liked my movie. Or better yet, he like takes, he like finds out as much as he can about the Twitter trolls who like made him shut down his Instagram comments and he just researched them and went deep and just Dosses roasted them. them the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that'd be dope. He doxes them. He just yeah. Here's their name and address. <laughs> Fuck them up. Or he swats them. <laughs> How funny would that be? I guess not very funny, Cody. Oh, I'm laughing. Okay, Josh, you think that was funny? Yeah. Do you know what's no? What? That'd be hysterical. <laughs> Brian Johnson swatted all the guys who tried to troll him. Oh, that'd be great. I would, I'd be down for that. Um. So. Look more into the visuals. Uh, the CGI in this was better than Justice League. I'll say that. I, I, one thing so about much. one thing about the CGI I want to say is the I think everything looks great. There's one two moments where I was a little like, oh, this is definitely a lower budget movie. Oh, he hates um, the movie. The deer, Cody. right? The deer. No, the de- I mean that's a, well. The only thing that made them look CGI is when they started running and it looked like they were literally like placed next to each other, like two copies. Of well, the they same. were. They were. That was. The I point. know, but it like I don't know. It was probably intentional to for them to act like that. And it just, was. Okay. Well, it still made it look weird to me. But the that's, that's other the two point. was it's supposed to look weird. Okay. Well, how it, cute were I, they? They were so cute. They were pretty cute though. Where were all the cats though? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Um, but the other. 
the other two were uh, the alligator or whatever that thing was. Uh, that looked from from a distance, it looked great. When it was super close up, I wasn't. It was a little. Yeah, I noticed that too. Animated e, um, and then I'll the first the first time with the bear thing. Yeah, let's ta- let's talk about the bear. Greatest movie got- monster in the last like <laughs> fifteen years. Yay or nay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The mimic bear is not my new most terrifying villain like ever. It was. Like it was scary when just on when it was like you first see it in the dark. Yeah, because it's um, got like a skull for a head. It doesn't even have a face. Well, I, well, I didn't even. I just thought it was a regular bear. You don't see what it is, and then when he comes back later in the movie, when yeah. it kills uh, Gina Rodriguez, rips her uh, fucking jaw off. Yeah, Ooh, that was, that was the best. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, the that whole scene was just. I was just sitting there in yeah. terror. Because that was really, really intense. But when you when it comes up for the first time, it walks, it sticks its head past um, where they're sitting in the chairs, and you see that you're just like you think it's gonna be bear, and it looks like I don't know what that hybrid or mutation was. It looked like like a skull mixed with like a boar mixed with a bear. Like I know, I, I think yeah. the bear's skin was just off. Yeah, I don't. I was really creepy looking. Yeah, that was awesome. But the worst part about it was that it screamed like a person. Yeah. I feel like I've heard, I, and this isn't taking away from it because it was awesome in every aspect and terrifying, but I feel like I've heard of that before. I don't know if it was in fiction or if it's like yeah, real it's life. Yeah, it's called <sighs> No. Yeah, but... I I'm talking, I think it was something, it was, it was something involved in fiction. Like it was a creature from some, something I saw. I can't remember... I mean, I just know it was familiar, and that's not again. That's not a bad thing. It it was because it was familiar. It doesn't make it any less cool. But sounds like me the classic Jabberwocky. We figured it out. I don't know Maybe. what a Jabberwocky is. That is from the Golden Compass. Yeah, I'm never gonna. No, Jabberwocky is from Alice in Wonderland. Is yeah, it? isn't it the dragon or something? I don't remember. It might be a name that people take. Like they just borrow it. It's like a name. Like if you need to call a creature something and make it sound like cool you just use jabberwocky probably that's like people naming their kid chet or chad chad yeah even worse or better i don't know uh but yeah she so i guess we can break down the ending of it uh so she gets she finally gets to the lighthouse and when she gets there there's like a bunch of skulls that are and like bones that are arranged in different in like this weird formation right in front of the lighthouse. Super creepy. So cool. So so cool. Um, and then she finally gets to the lighthouse and she finds what we discover to be her husband, uh, actual dead body because early in the movie he came back to her and you know had a freak out and she left to go into the shimmer because she wanted to know what if happened could, to him. I'll find a way to save it. To save yeah. uh, her husband. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so she goes in there and she finds his dead body. But we, I thought it was um, uh, Ventress's dead body, but it turned out to be his. And he must have done what she did and gone down into the hole and he and created some weird steel thing of himself and then transferred all of his essence over to her over to the new copy and that became him and became the doppelganger that ended up leaving the shimmer and going back to 
um, get back to Natalie Portman, back to Lena, and he killed himself with a phosphorus grenade. Which, which must have been do. shitty. Shitty. Well, it must not have been because he died sitting straight up. You know, like he didn't freak out. Sitting and, comfortably. And no, that shit burns. Did. Like, yeah, it doesn't stop burning until it melts through you. It's not good. Oh. Well, I won't. I won't mess with phosphorus, Cody. Thank you for. That's why humanity is disgusting. We created that to use on other people. Nice. Yikes, that's not the American dream at all. <laughs> but I think it is saying something about immigration. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so here's my... I want to give you guys my interpretation of the ending. I think that... So I think Oscar Isaac went down into the pit thing, and he basically... Maybe with somebody in the same way the Ventress... Uh, that Nanny Poor was down with the Ventress. Maybe he went with somebody who's fell apart and became the whole thing, the 3D hole, which became this mirror of him. And then he gave away enough of himself to where he created a doppelganger that could sustain on its own, which went back into the world and just tracked down Natalie Portman. And then, you know, we see at the end his is like, I don't think I'm this person. She also interacted with the creature, but instead of feeding into it, I think some of it fed into her, and which is why when she came back, she had the whatever in her, like her irises. Well, remember, she had been changing the whole time, too. That's right. That's right. That's right. So I I think he went all the way in the prop. In the process of like that exchange, and then she maybe went halfway because one of the another weird touch about this movie is that Oscar Isaac he comes back in the same clothes and hairstyle that he had when he left, left. and that's interesting. I don't know what to make of that, but uh, what did you guys think of the final uh, confrontation? I guess Josh, I was really. I mean, like. I would, there's still stuff about it I'm a little not sure of, but I just I thought it was just visually like <clears throat> amazing. Like I I've never seen anything quite like that before. I can yeah. say that for sure. Yep. Um, and it's just the whole concept of it, and it went on for a lot longer than I not like when it started. I was like this is gonna be a thing, but it went on for a while. But I liked that and. It just kept me thinking about what exactly it is I'm watching more and more. Um, and that's probably the thing I've been thinking about the most. Like, what does that all mean, I guess? And, yeah, I just – I thought it was – whether it's good I, – I mean, good or bad just on a number of different ways, just that's not even where I think about it. It's just it's such an interesting scene, a whole interesting part. It's probably the most interesting part of the movie. Yeah. Um, I've. It's the part that stuck with me. Every time I keep thinking about this movie, I go immediately back to that whole scene and like just thinking about every part of it. So yeah, Cody, would you make of the, was, the lighthouse? I was also floored by it. The whole sequence was just incredible. It was just nonstop from the second she started watching that video. My heart was racing, and. I can't believe they did. They twisted me so hard on that. 
that fucking guy. It was just it was so weird and so cool all at the same time that it mm. I know, I'm still thinking about it. I mean the visuals in this are like I just want to go back to everybody who said that Scott did, that Doctor Strange is trippy and just punched him in the face because that's nothing <laughs> compared to annihilation. Like the visuals, the like the the way that he that Garland makes things look and the the sound design to go along with them. I mean, when when Ventress dies and becomes whatever she becomes, and that like oh that like whole thing, it was just oh my god, it was amazing. Uh, man, there's just some good shit in here. I think, uh, yeah. So just a great ending. Definitely lived up to the. Lived up to the hype. Nothing disappointing in that at all for me. So, uh, any final thoughts or any part of the movie that we didn't get to that you guys want to bring up? Um, I guess like the very, very end, like the last second. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she uh, touched on it a little bit. She goes back and like the the in media res that the movie begins with, and like the framework of the story is her in her post leaving the Shimmer interview and. She finishes the interview and she goes to see her husband, and he says, "I don't." Uh, basically, says, "I don't think I don't, I'm." I don't think I'm this guy. Yeah, they just they hug and their eyes twinkle, and then credits, credits, BB. What does it mean? I don't know. There's a lot of clues, though. A couple great lines I liked uh, was the line about how n- not every. Some people are suicidal. Most people are self-destructive. Oh yeah, like Shit. nobody ever really kills themselves. Yeah, it's just it's all self-destruction. I was like, yikes, dude. Yeah, stop living my life. Why are you saying this? Also, one of another really uh, not not nothing not a really exceptional scene. It was just Mal- Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac laying in bed and. He remarked something about how he finds it weird when it's daytime and the moon is still out and sends something like that God made a mistake and she's like, God doesn't make mistakes. You know, maybe he's just leaving the hall light on. I don't I don't know why I keep thinking about that leaving the hall light on line, but I really like it. And Garland's just such a smart writer and great writers look at something like the moon being out and give it a an explanation that makes complete and total sense a double deep meaning yeah uh and man i just am in awe of this guy i think he might even just because he writes and directs his own stuff i think he might be a better overall talent than denny mm, that's, yikes that's, that's chill wow i just i think like they're on they're in equal footing as far as as far as being a director goes but the fact that he can write this stuff and add so much to it is just mind-boggling to we me. Haven't, we haven't seen Denis Villeneuve as a major writer. Yeah, because he doesn't do it. I don't think he's a writer. Just like he's Spielberg, a director. Just like Spielberg isn't a writer. I mean, their writing comes in... T- it, their direction is their writing. It's how they, you know, form a scene and how they put little details into it. But in terms of dialogue and story and all that good stuff, I, I think Garland's a pound-for-pound better talent which is like saying lebron is better than kobe you know kobe's a straight kobe bryant's a scorer but lebron can do basically everything so sports fans of course, shout yeah out. 
Duh. <laughs> you know. They're both all-time great basketball players. It's like these guys are, for me, all-time great directors. I'm, I can't wait to see what bo- they both do next, especially Garland. Like, he's... Oh, he can do anything. He can... But does he does he stay in sci-fi? That's the question. He's doing some TV show now. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. it is. It's sci-fi. He's not really moving that far away from the shit he's been doing. But right, right, right. I mean, he's good at it. I just, I'd love to see what a crime movie with Alex Garland looks like. Only if it's a techno thriller. <laughs> Maybe. Oh. Yikes, he's writing Halo. Uh, they're still trying to make that movie? Apparently. Oh, it's not It's not the video game, Cody. Not the video oh, game. okay. It's the Beyonce. It's based on the Beyonce song. I see you, Halo. Halo. Good song. Did we just make the same joke? Yeah. Well, I led you into the joke, and I was assuming you'd know the joke, and you did. So good. Thank you. You did it. So, Rx Garland, maybe Halo next. <laughs> Neil Baumkamp was going to make it. <laughs> remember that? Remember when, that where, remember when he had a career and not wasn't making short films? Rest in peace. I hope he comes back. I blame Die Antwoord. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Uh, any final thoughts on Annihilation? Huh? No. Great time. Great movie. Josh, are you abstaining or are you going to play along? You know me. I don't uh, play along. So Josh, I'm gonna give you're gonna give it a nine, and so am I'm I. I'm gonna give it a heart eyes emoji. So nine from me, nine from Josh, Cody. You can give it a nine from me too. Full Hitler. Ow! Boom! Way to go, fellas. Uh, since we did this <laughs> a few days ago, uh, quick watch, reading, listen to. I don't have anything. Okay. I uh, I just saw a movie. I just came. Back to from scene one, and it is called Game Night. Yikes! How was it? It was okay. Uh, Jesse Plemons, hell of an actor. He plays like a yeah, creepy. You know, know where he got his big start on a little show called Breaking Bad? You should watch it. Meth Damon, everybody. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do that. There's a reason he's called Meth Damon. Josh, actually, I did just buy the first season of The Sopranos on DVD, so I will oh, watch that. Oh my god. I like the Why? mob more than I like drug dealers. Sorry. That's the same thing. He it's literally the, the same thing. It's not, though. Mob. The mob doesn't exist in the 21st century. Yeah, how, bum- how much of a bummer is that? Cell phones, nah. for as much as they yeah, give us, they destroy the, the mob. Out. Yeah, that sucks. I agree. Oh, well. I don't know. Are the yeah, Bloods and Crips still active? Or are they more I of a gang? So. They're a gang. It's not a mob. Yeah, you're right. That's a gang. Bring the mob back. Make the mob great again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Josh, you have anything? I rewatched Kong Skull Island. Yuck. It was fun, and I like it even more than I remember. And it is super awesome, and I can't wait for Kong versus Godzilla. Honestly, I think I like this more than Godzilla. Well, that's not saying much. Um, both they're both really awesome. shitty movies. Both are awesome. Yuck. I'm on the wrong side of history. No, I'm not. Anymore. Godzilla's shit. On Kong, you're on the right side of history, Cody. Godzilla. So sorry, is. Those not. movies are both so boring and so bad. Godzilla was so cool, except for Aaron no, Carter. No, it wasn't. Who was it was so bad. It was so stupid. 
It was good. I'm not ever going to watch that movie again. That final fight where he shoots laser breath into the other monster's mouth is magical. What is that? His fourth minute of screen time that he Probably. does that? <laughs> it's awesome. That's yeah. so stupid. Your movie's fucking called Godzilla. Show your... F- uh, I'm not getting into this. Your movie's <laughs> called Jaws. Show your shark. They showed the shark. A little bit. Barely. A little bit. Not Couple till the end. Minutes. Like Jaws that much either, Cody. Let's let's well, let's just get on the same page and say the Kong Island sucks. Yeah, yeah, awful film. Tom Hiddleston is a gem and needs to be in more things. He was bored. I'm just well, gonna say that. No, he was the best part of the movie. He may be a gem, no, but he's no, cold now. Jackson, get it. I'm saying the chemical process of creating diamonds. Oh, there's some signs for you. Okay. You know, if you really think about it, the process of coal becoming diamonds is kind of like the American dream. It is. It's life. It's the Kong, Josh, dream. Make, your, make the argument for Kong Skull Island as the American dream, and Cody and I will say it's great. I watched it, and I felt more American than I have in a year and a half. No, but so. how's the story that like doesn't the American make it the dream? American dream. American dream, TM. They all, f- I don't know. Not, the, not a good movie. They, Sorry. There's a giant. Yikes. There's a giant gorilla that they have to defeat. New new spinoff. Podcast. The monsters are the Nazis. No, no. Yeah, that yeah. that's, that's, that's World War Two wasn't the American dream. We only got in because we were no, attacked. No, no, John C. Riley had to. We didn't go to Squish Evil. John C. Riley arrived on the island after fighting in World War Two, and he put his differences with a uh, no Japanese. No, whatever. no, yeah, no, he did. No. Mm-hmm. Well, he might have done American that. Dream, world peace. That's right not there. the American dream. That is the. That's my American dream. No, that's he not got, the American. He dream. was on paradise in an island at peace with the entire country. You lost this battle, buddy. I'm sorry. I can't. I hate sorry, to break it to you, but this is a good movie. I don't care. Maybe it's spinoff podcast idea. Movies that are the American dream. Episode one. Uh, let's see. <laughs> the disaster artist making an easy one that's the american dream right there <laughs> uh, all right well by getting this out early we are going to take a little of a break a bit of a break hopefully be back at some point later in the future in march hey with a red sparrow discussion because that's been getting super good buzz and super good reviews has it i i mean rotten tomatoes no but twitter chatter is pretty solid I've seen really good Twitter chatter, so I don't know. Who knows? We'll guess we'll find out. But until then, you can follow us at underscore Reflex on the Twitter. Leave an iTunes review telling us why our podcast is the American Dream, and we'll read it because I will. Maybe. <laughs> I like that we don't though. That's kind of fun for me. Uh, so Josh, Cody, go forth, explore. And don't go to any lighthouse. Live your American dream. Yeah, live your American dream. Thank you, Cody. Heartlessly helping himself to her bad dreams. He worries. Did he hear a goodbye? I or even hello. Four